Welcome to Time Played 3HR, a video game podcast where we talk about video games after we've played them for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Lucky. Uh, my name's Louis, and this week... Uh, I was a bit fast. My name is Louis, and this week I played three hours of Call of Duty uh, Warzone Battle Royale. One of our cleanest intros. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Louis. How are you? Are you, are you coming out? I'm coming up. I want the water. Uh, we just played that as a lead-in. Mm-hmm. Little Diana to get us mm-hmm. in the mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I was just saying, it's. I think that song has the best drums of any drums. Mm-hmm. It's a bold statement, but I'm not prepared to disagree because I can't think of literally any other song right now. <laughs> sure. Especially one with bad drums. <sighs> well, yeah. <clears throat> um, what's kicking? Well, have I got a story for you, Lockie? Ooh. Okay, hit me. You know how you love my stories? I do love your stories. Thank you. Uh, it's a story that you know the first half of, and now I will reveal all of it to you. Okay. So the other morning... Oh, um, I know where this is going, yeah. The other, the other morning okay, I woke yeah. up, uh, looked out my window, and I, and I saw... <laughs> as I mentioned last week, uh, my window overlooks the roof of... Um, I live in a house, and I take the second floor. And there's a roof, and the Very window sure. looks over the roof. Right? Right? Is that clear? Sure. That's clear. Last time I mentioned it, there was snow on it. There's no snow now, and it's been replaced with a dead pigeon. And the dead pigeon, when I looked out the window, it was missing its head. <laughs> it was dead. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's not very nice. Um, and then I was like, well, what do I do with this pigeon? I can't just leave it there because I can't, you can't just leave it there, right? You can't. But I don't have a garden, so I can't bury it. And I can't go and bury it in the park because I'll get arrested um, um, so then Grace, my, my, my girlfriend, my girlfriend, my girlfriend who lives with me, um, she looked up, what do you do with like a dead animal? And the council will take it away for you, but, <laughs> but they will, they'll only take it away. No, they'll take it away, but they'll charge you 50 pounds if it's on your property to take it away. Um, I, who knows why? But so basically, if something dies on your property, you have to pay fifty pounds to take it away. But if it's not on your property, if it's on public property, they'll take it away for free. You just need to tell them. Um, which we discussed. I could. This means technically, I could take it out to the pavement and just leave it, um, and then ask the council to take it away. But I just can't. I can't picture a world in which people just watch me dump a dead pigeon <laughs> with no head on the road. Um, <laughs> You'd have to do that. Like. 4 a.m. It's just not good. And no like, questions asked. It's not good. And I consider, I've considered a lot of options, you know, like, do I just, like, put it in a bag and put it in the bin? Or is that the worst thing in the world? Um, uh, yeah, do I just leave it on the pavement? Uh, you recommended I just 
throw it off the roof onto the <laughs> into the neighbor's yard, which I've definitely considered quite a bit. Um, and I went for the only reasonable option, which was uh, uh, procrastinate and don't deal with it. Um, Righto. Uh, and it's been several days now, and um, the pigeon has has been getting worse. Um, and I sort of hoped that maybe overnight the animal that left it there would sort of whisk it away and take it to feed its family. Sure. Um, Finish off the job. It's not done that, done that because it turns out it's, it's... I don't know what killed it because I don't know what could just take a head off and then but also be able to get to the top of the roof. The roof's quite high. Um, but well... Like a fox can't get up here. It's a cat. It has to be. A cat. No, I don't think a cat can get up here. It's too high. There's nothing to climb up to unless they're just like straight clawing it up the walls. Anyway, um, Grace maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's. I mean, she's pretty wily. Um, <laughs> you just go through her stuff and you find a pigeon head. What the fuck, Grace? What the fuck? <laughs> um, uh, anyway, yeah. So then I've I've noticed a couple times like crows picking at it. Oh, this is horrendous. Grim, um, and then anyway, I, I woke up uh, this morning and, and I looked out my window and now, temptingly, the, the pigeon carcass is like just on the edge of the roof. So I could literally just like prod it with a stick and it would fall into the neighbor's garden. Um, but I don't really want to do that because I have children. I don't want to traumatize children. Sure. Um, but unfortunately, the pigeon overnight got absolutely ravaged, and now it looks like, oh god, it looks like it's been sacrificed on an altar or something. It like it looks like it looks on, like on the roof. <laughs> yeah, it it looks like um. I don't I don't know if you you ever saw the, oh, hit, dude. the hit TV show Hannibal, but um. I did not. Uh, uh. There's some horrendous. Did you? Yeah, there's some. Why would you watch that? It's like it's quite good. Um, you don't like, oh, do you? <laughs> what what don't I like? Well, uh, you don't like uh, sort of horrible, gross horror stuff. And I know you've sort of taken a turn. I watched but... this before I was enjoying horror. Um, it's just it's more of a thriller, I guess. But um, I like um, Mads Mikkelsen and. Um, he plays Hannibal, and um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good show. Um, I never watched okay. the second season. Anyway, um, yeah, so it just kind of looks like some something was it's been murdered by a serial killer, and the serial killer really sort of had its way with it. Um, and now, and now, yeah, so I would say that it's gotten significantly worse. The scenario, um, mm. because now I really don't want to touch it. Like before. I could have like put some gloves on, scooped like a scoop tea towel around it, scooped it up in some like tissue and put it in a bag and dropped it somewhere. But now it's like, <laughs> I won't go into detail. But I can also now Elm Street. It's also now closer to my in my vision. So my my desk is in is in the room, is in our bedroom, which is the window that looks out over to the roof, and it. It before it wasn't in my vision. It was like further over to the right. But now all I have to do is tilt my head back, and there's just there's just um, <laughs> carnage, an absolute carnage on the roof, chaos. Hey, have you ever thought about getting a um, like a wildlife camera, night vision, to see what's doing this? 
I think it's. I, I mean, now it's just the crows. I don't. Th- I don't know what took it up there, but now it's just it the crows. It's just crows. Okay. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, well, it's gross. Honestly, it's a problem that will sort of solve itself after like half a year, probably. What as it decays and gets eaten, and it'll just be a little Ugh. bird skelly. Oh, at which like point feathers to... on the roof. Oh. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, its body has been used as sustenance for other animals. Like that's better than it just going in the rubbish bin. But also, I have to look at it. Sure, sure. It's it's a tough situation, honestly. Circle of life's going on, and I appreciate that. But Christ, it's not very pleasant. But why does it have to be circle of life thing on your roof, of all places? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's my story. Pretty good. Thank Pretty you. good story. Thank you. Um, yeah, and it's as well one that we can uh, play on and we can touch back in on over the next <laughs> coming weeks. We'll <laughs> yeah. get I'll give you tell descriptions updates. of this pigeon decaying. If that feels like something like uh, sort of uh, a troubled child would study, <laughs> just the pigeon slowly <laughs> decaying on their windowsill. They bring it in and prod it. Wow, it's tough. Right, diaries. Yeah, it's tough because a troubled child probably, any child I imagine would take great interest in it. Sure. Not even just because it's right in the forefront. It's hard to look away. Exactly. Um, So this week, my friend. Yeah, that's me. I hope. uh, We played three hours of Call of Duty Warzone. We did. We did. We did. Yeah, what, do you, what do you reckon about that? Uh, you know, it was Call of Duty Warzone. It was a battle royale that looked like Call of Duty. I think that sums it. <laughs> you had a lot of fun. I did have a lot of fun. No, I don't want to point fingers. Um, but when you booted this game up, uh, you said, like, five good things about it back to back within, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um... Which I think is interesting because you are someone who would typically assumedly enjoy this sort of game less than me. You know, if we look at our sort of historical yeah, back I, I, I guess, games played. I guess, yeah. Um, and this one seemed to click with you a little bit. So uh, what's up with that? Um, well, maybe, so just before we go further into my deep, deep love of of Call of Duty Warzone. Um, uh, what it is, is a video game. Um, so Battle Royale, which means that a bunch of players, this time like 150 or something, get dropped mm-hmm. in on a map and it's last man standing. Uh, you can play in a group. So we played in duos, but you can play with up to four in your team. Um, you pick up weapons along the way. Um, and yeah, you kind of just trying to survive as a sort of a circle slowly pushes everyone closer and closer into the into a specific point of the map as the numbers dwindle. Um, this uses Call of Duty's signature sort of um, shooting mechanics, I guess. Um, <laughs> like it, it feels like Call of just Duty. Generally, generally, gen, gen, really good shooting gameplay and mechanics. Yeah, um, it just it's just like you take a Call of Duty map and then you times it by 10 and you've got the Warzone map um, and 
the mechanics, except there are now, like, vehicles and stuff. Um, Times it by, like, 50, 100. um, Sure. Whatever the number is, you times it by that, and you get this. um, And that's kind of the basic loop. And I, I guess, why did I immediately enjoy it? I think... um, I haven't played Call of Duty in a really long time, apart from... We played, like, Modern Warfare, the remastered version. Um, Did we? <laughs> oh, yeah. we. That was, what, free-to-play on PlayStation? Like, yeah, it was on PS Plus, I think. Years ago. Um, uh, and I guess I, I've also never played it on PC. Um, I've never played Call of Duty on PC. Um, and my experience... You know what I think it is? I think I am just most well-versed with the way Call of Duty feels for, like, first-person shooters. Um, yeah. And so when I think about, like, playing an FPS, I think, even though I don't love Call of Duty, I've only ever played Modern Warfare? Um, uh, for whatever reason, I the mechanical feel of, of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I think, is one of the best. It's just the best. It's the best. COD has always been the best-feeling first-person shooter. Um, and so like, you know, we have over the course of this podcast played like several first person shooters, um, from Halo to Valorant, et cetera, um, to Overwatch and stuff. And they all feel good in their own way. But I think in my brain, even if I'm not consciously aware of it, I'm kind of marking it based on, on Call of Duty's feel, um, just in, just, just literally in terms of like aiming down sights and shooting, not like the AI or anything like that. Like, I think the Call of Duty is pretty bland, but like, the, just literally like the gun sprinting, uh, aiming down the gun and firing, uh, the little cross pops up, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> like, I think I find that most satisfying of all the shooters. Um, it's, it's just the best. Uh, it always has been, I think always will be. Um, yeah, particularly in console. I think maybe there's some, a lot of PC shooters that, feel very good as well um yeah i don't know like i i that's what i I think one of the things that i was sort of surprised about immediately was like will call of duty feel less good on a pc because the i think i thought the value of call of duty was how well it made console shooting feel with an analog stick um but actually on pc it still feels like call of duty and it still it still feels I think the thing that feels so good about Call of Duty is that I feel like I'm okay at it. Like, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, it feels like I can aim and shoot better than in other games. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of reasons for that, of what's going on. But I, I feel like I suck compared to my Call of Duty self in other SPSs. Um, uh, and that still translates when it's on PC and you don't have, like, aim assist and stuff. Um uh, I, think, I think it's got to be partially due to the other people playing it, because it's such a broad, mm. such a broad game that appeals to such a wide audience. That there's so many people who don't play a lot of games. Yeah, playing does, this yeah. game. But I just, so, I just feel like I can in Call of Duty. I just feel like I can point the cursor where I want it to go and shoot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just feel like that isn't true of most shooters. I feel like I'm always missing shots. But in Call of Duty, I just feel like. It's like I just point and it goes there. Um, uh, yeah, it feels good. I think every, all the guns have like a good pace to them. Looking down scope feels. I don't know. It's got like a weight to it, but it's also really quick. Super you know snappy. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and again, it's also got like the control scheme that it's got the classic. You're just sort scheme, of yeah. yeah used to and works the way you expect it to work because it's the game that everything is based off. Yeah, and I think it's just I think uh, I'm sure lots of people have obviously lots of opinions about what is like the best FPS shooter in terms of mechanics, but I think for us it's just our generations. Like it's just the one that people were going home in the evening and playing. Um, and like when Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare like two and three came out, they were such huge like news items. Like they were the f- sort of this is such a crap thing to say, but they were like Fortnite of their day sort of thing in terms of like the media yeah, outside of games game. like picked up on them and talked about them. Like this has sold thirty million units. What who, who knew video games were that big? That sort of thing. And you can buy this in Sainsbury's. Yeah, even. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's just like, it's just that, it's just the, it's the base language that like, for me, first person shooters sort of match up to. Um, and I was just, yeah, I was like, oh, this is cool. This feels good. Um, the stuff around it, whatever, like the military stuff and the, the whatever is bland as fuck. But like, yeah, the, the. Um, but it's COD as well, you know, like it's, it's expected. <laughs> it is, it is. They, they did a really good job, I think, taking what COD is and applying it to the Battle Royale successfully, which is yeah. obviously just like a match made in heaven and a million billion people are going to play. Yeah, I... I Especially when they make it free to play. I'd, I'd heard, like, relatively good things about Warzone since it was released. Um, uh, and I was still sort of surprised at how natural it felt. I think I sort of thought the... Like, the pace of a regular Call of Duty game in terms of, like... What's the phrase people use? Time to kill? Um, like, like how quickly <laughs> someone dies when you start shooting them, basically. Um, I, I have just, no idea. Like, COD's, like, super fast. Like, you basically just, like, point and shoot and someone dies straight away. Um, and I thought that was maybe going to translate kind of rough to a um, uh, Battle Royale, but they do some smart things that, like, make you last a bit longer. They have these, like, armor pickups that basically just add an extra second to the shot like an extra half a clip basically that you can pick up like four or five of and like you have to equip them one at a time so it'll get it'll get broken the armor will get broken and you'll have to put another one which is like almost like you're reloading your armor so technically in a firefight if you lose it and you have a couple seconds to take cover and put another one in you can um but it's a nice like risk and reward yeah, and, and this isn't like a COD thing. This is a no, battle. That's what I mean. Thing. Like, I think they do they're, a good job of like... And, and adapted. Yeah. Um, but they have done... I agree. They've done a good job adapting it so that it, like, has that kind of faster-paced COD um, feeling yeah. while still having these, like, armor systems. And, mm-hmm. uh, also, just, like, there's a lot less inventory management in this game than yeah. in something like... I mean, I haven't played that many. I've played... What PUBG? I've played you know, probably like twenty hours back in the day, um, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> what three hours of Fortnite for the podcast. And we played um, we played a, like four, five played hours Apex. of Apex, maybe. Yeah, we played a bit of Apex, um, but I think inventory management in this game is really nice because there isn't really one. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> which, the best thing about it. Yeah, which to me, I like. I think a lot of people do like that inventory stuff. Like, have you played? Have you played Escape to Tarkov? Or do you? No, want I've, to? Ne- I've never played it. 
Like, that's all inventory management. Yeah. And I think people love that stuff. I don't know. I've, I haven't played either. But, like, it's nice not having to do that stuff. It's nice. Like, it makes me thinking about, like, Apex, which was probably my preferred um, preferred Battle Royale that I played. I think the thing I didn't like about Apex was, like, all the attachments for guns and stuff and, like, trying to figure out what, like... I'm sure you learn that stuff after playing it, but for a while, but I found it quite overwhelming of like, do I want this attachment for this gun or not? Or how do I swap this with this? And whereas with COD, it's just like, this is a purple gun. This is a blue gun. And this is a gray gun. Um, which which I which, like that simplicity. Yeah. And, and, you know, the rarities is something that is also like, goes across the different ones, but it'll be like, this is a purple scope. This is a green magazine. You know, and it's just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It's and too also much. the fact that this game is super accessible. It's cross-platform on every platform you can imagine. Um, yeah, and that yeah. stuff becomes so awkward if, like, a PC player is swapping a scope versus, like, a mm-hmm. Xbox player is swapping a scope. Yeah, and you were, you as worth mentioning, you were playing... Uh, on yeah, my, PS4, my PC couldn't handle it, <laughs> and I was playing on PC, so, which and I don't. It felt like uh, it felt like you were absolutely competent alongside me. Like it felt like we were at the same skill level in terms of like shooting and stuff. Which is again testament, probably to just like COD's how shooting good mechanics. Oh yeah, and obviously how good you are at, yeah. at shooting guns with a controller. Um, yeah, it was a squash. I wish I had. <laughs> I really wanted to play this on PC. But but that being said, though, like, um, I think uh, you were probably, when you realized you might have to move to PS4, you were dreading it and a little, and, like, actually it turned out that it wasn't that big a deal. Like, yeah, you managed to enjoy true. it. Nevertheless. Like, I, and I think, like, that's, that's pretty cool that um, you can be playing on PS4 and I can be playing on PC and it doesn't feel unfair. Yeah, well... I, th- I think it still kind of does, but I mean, it's. I mean, maybe just, who it's, knows? It's unavoidable. Maybe on but PC, it's, it's, you'd it's be not a like terribly boss. unfair. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think maybe it's like a skill ceiling thing, though. Like, yeah, yeah. If probably. you are really sick, no, PC, sure, you can exploit that. But yeah, I mean, if you um, want to be playing game that a game like this all the time and like getting really good at it, like PC would be the way to go. But just a casual player. You know what I really like about this game? Um, and kind of these games in general, but I think maybe this game does a better job of, is that it like both really rewards frantic, like hardcore players and super casual players. Um, because, you know, if you just want like loads of action, jump out at the start, go into a popular place, you know, have a chance where there's like a brawl with 15 people, Maybe get some kills, get some cool items, or don't. Uh, but if you're just like kind of suck at the game and a bit casual, you can just ride the plane out. Um, people know this, but for anyone who doesn't, uh, battle royale games typically start with a plane flying over the map, and you can choose when to jump out. Um, you know, you can just jump out of the plane late, go to somewhere where no one else is, take your time, find lots of items. Maybe have a little bit, couple of brawls on the way. And then, like, before you know it, that casual player and, like, that fight-heavy skirmish player, after, like, 30 bit minutes, they're both, like, in the last 
10 people left. Yeah. Um, and I think that feels great mm -hmm. that you can be kind of shit at this game and progress quite far. Yeah. And I think that goes hand in hand with the fact that the loot system is like more simple because it doesn't feel like in this game you have to spend too much time going into every building to like look for a better item. Um, which would encourage you to like play the game maybe more like aggressively and like find spots where there's loads of good loot. Whereas in this game, it feels like you can go into a couple of buildings, find a pretty okay gun, and you'll probably be okay. Um, uh, which is nice. Like I, I don't really enjoy like it's sort of satisfying for a bit, but then like after a while, it just gets exhausting of like going into every single building looking for something and in this, yeah in this game yeah. it just it's nice to just like you can kind of just start running past stuff if you need to and not feel bad about it um and, and it, it's whole items as well in this game um, yeah which is nice because you know you can like get a really cool gun and then get a second really cool gun and then see a third really cool gun just throw one of your guns away and swap it out um it's super like throwaway yeah in that yeah manner and it doesn't feel bad when you do do that yeah, and it has the nice... Also, there's tons um, of variety. Mm -hmm. It has the nice, like, uh, they ripped the wonderful tagging system from Apex, so... Um, well, from every game ever like this. Well, yeah, but Apex, I think, did it first. Um, um, did it? Yeah, that was its whole... When it was new, it was like, I mean, we've got this... And that was the thing that everyone talked about. It was like, oh, you can really? tag stuff. Yeah, and then Fortnite ripped it off, and now everything oh, has maybe, it. yeah, fair. Um... But yeah, it's in here, so like, for anyone who doesn't know how it works, it's just like a really nice like user thing of like, you can basically tag wherever you're looking and it will like, shout out, like, you can tag like an enemy, sure you place them on a, um, on a map, or, or you can just literally put a waypoint where you're looking, or you can tag um, items on the ground and like, your character will say out loud, like, what the item is context specific, which is I super handy you if you don't do want to do voice chat in PUBG. I think you could tag items on the floor. Okay. But you couldn't tag enemies, for example. Mm. I, I, I remember specifically with Apex, it was like people were amazed at this new tech that they made for it. I'm sure. Anyway. I believe you. Um, <coughs> but yeah, um, so that's all good. and um, They have vehicles and stuff, which is weird for a COD game. Um, or at least I haven't played a COD with them, and maybe they're in the new ones. Um and they feel bad. I don't. I don't like the way they feel. They they feel like super like. Um, uh, my little time playing like, uh, PUBG. I really enjoyed the vehicles because they're really like loose and like, bumpy and like they feel kind of like ropey and like they chaotic. can break down. Yeah, chaotic. And they like because of that like looseness, it opens up for some really fun like moments. Whereas in these games, they feel very stiff and static and like this is an object that's going to get you from A to B and we don't really want you to have any fun time in it. It's just a, it's just a vehicle. Um, but that does include helicopters. They do have helicopters. The fact that this game just has a bunch of helicopters that you can hop in is kind of crazy. Mm. Kind of really fun. Especially because they're always in the same place, which is strange. Yeah. Because it means that if you want to, like you could just go to the same place, get a hel helicopter, and, and it didn't feel like people were that, like, competing that hard for them. Um, mm -mm. not at all I feel like not in like all. other games a helicopter like that would be like a rare like there's one on the map and um, you just stumble upon it randomly like once every 20 matches or something. yeah they're everywhere 
in the stadium, there were two. Yeah, there were two. We had a we had a history of having our helicopters stolen <laughs> in our playthroughs. Um, <laughs> yeah, right under our noses. <laughs> like uh, we were just like, bumbling like, around. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. But you just touched on it a bit with, like, the vehicles and with the helicopter. The best thing in any game like this, for me, are the little unscripted stories that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the fact that we kept getting our helicopter stolen. Like, we'd, we'd be on a roof, and our helicopter would be just there. And we'd be scouting out for enemies. And then just suddenly... Two meters away from us, someone would get in our helicopter and just fly off. You just hear the propellers start going, and like, oh, oh <laughs> fucking hell. Um, I gotta say, like, the, um, isn't, like, just being on top of a building, like, one of the best things in video games? Yeah. I think. Verticality is just. Verticality in general, but, like, there is something incredibly. I think, I guess it's just, like, an animal thing of, like, it's satisfying to be above stuff and, like, feel safe you feel safer when you're higher and like uh and it's absolutely true and like it feels so good in games i think like some of my favorite games are about being really high above things like the original assassin's creed or mirror's edge like all these things that are just about being on top of buildings um and uh warzone does a really good job of that like you can you can go and like i think every building you can go into um uh and some of them are like tall it's like skyscrapers that you can take the stairwell up like 20 flights of stairs. You can't go on every floor. Like there's the doors are all closed on, on most of the floors apart from like the top and the bottom. Um, but it's pretty satisfying to like literally just like sprint for like two minutes straight, just up a stairwell to the top of the building. Um, or you can get a helicopter or you can parachute. Um, and it feels good. It just feels really good to just be stationed up someplace and wait. Yeah. And just hold out. Yeah. And, I think the buildings and the landmarks are really good in a game like this um, because they can serve as such like anchor points to great moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, when we pretty much just spent one whole round holding out the TV station and started there, held out for a while, left it, and then came back to it... Mm. Um, you know, the next time I'd be at the TV station, I'd be like, oh, God, do you remember that time when we <laughs> were just here for the whole round, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And it's like such a nice big map that imagine if you played a lot and had some really, really good moments play out, you could be like, ah, oh, I remember the last time I was here. Mm. This happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the best thing, full stop, about games like this. Um, are the little moments and like how they're anchored. Yeah around the map it's very cool yeah um uh the only i like oh sorry go ahead yeah you go you go uh the only other like big feature that this game has that's different in my mind is the gulag gulag. um so one of the things i guess one of the problems is maybe why the gulag exists is like how you keep players in the game because there's something so brutal about uh, in like PUBG of like spending half an hour picking up loot, not doing much, not seeing an enemy, then immediately getting shot on first sight of an enemy and having to start from scratch with the whole 99 players, just a whole new match. Um, and this game tries to address that with this thing called the Gulag, which which, which is just an incredible name. 
Which is it really is such a bizarre <laughs> um, idea that I think is is like a good one in the in the long run. Maybe it could do with a little refinement, but like yeah, the basic setup is you get shot and then are taken prisoner and locked up in a gulag where <laughs> there's like it, uh, what is the origins of a gulag where it like literally plays like you can skip it thank god but it plays like a very long cutscene of you getting like dragged out of a van into this like uh prison facility um <clears throat> oh god a system of labor camps maintained in the soviet union yeah it's not, it's not a happy it's not a happy thing to, to make a reference to 55 um in which many people die yeah it's it's a, <laughs> is in the is in the dictionary description thing to remember about call of duty is that it's gross <laughs> most of the time yeah. it's just like exploitative of horrors horrific um historical events anyway so you're in the gulag um and you basically you ba- basically forced to do a one-on match with one of the other prisoners um uh and you can you are also forced to sort of spectate as other players do this too while you wait for your turn uh and you get randomly spawned in this little tiny map that's like two trucks and like some like um mdf it's just made up of like mdf and chipboard everywhere um you get both spawned in with the same weapons so like it'll be random so you might get a shotgun or a magnum or a pistol which is really fun which is fun uh and then it's first one it's just 1v1 first one who dies um whoever wins gets put back into the uh match so you just get dropped in where you died or something um, or where your partner is, your teammate. <laughs> yeah, um, and then you can keep playing, which is an interesting thing. Um, it's an interesting thing. I think like the idea of like having, I think being, I think being able to be brought back and also to be able to do that yourself of like not just hoping that your teammate finds a way to revive you by like finding a revive station or paying cash which this game also has um but like having interesting having your own um what's the word in short at redemption yeah that's the one um is is nice uh i guess sometimes i guess maybe just when you don't succeed it just feels a bit of a bummer (laughs) maybe that's all it is yeah but also it's worth noting that we were just sick at the gulag Honestly, we'd, every every time yeah. we'd come up to a fight with two people on the map, we would just inevitably both die. Yes. <laughs> and then we would spawn into the gulag and inevitably both just win. Yeah, who um, knows what that was about. And I think about. That, that's how, like, a large percent of our games went. Um, but it's it, it feels really nice. Or when, like, one person dies and the other person gets away and hides... And it's like, all right, here we go, here we go. I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back. Yeah. Uh, and then if you do win, oh, what a feeling! It does feel good. What a feeling. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun system. Mm-hmm. But then if you fail the gulag, the teammate still has the opportunity to revive you, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll just quickly mention it. Or um, this game has like a cash system as well, which I think feels pretty good. It makes chests. Um, and finding loot always a positive, which is quite nice. That's true. Um, because seeing a loot box, uh, you're always like, ooh, what am I going to get? Um, and it can obviously be disappointing if you get nothing, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is what a loot box often is. Um, but there's always cash. And 
I think the main thing that we used cash for in this was reviving the other person. Um, yeah, I don't think we ever spent cash on anything other than reviving the other person. Because we want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we want to play with each other. Also, we were dying so, enough where that was the only... Like, if we had four grand, chances are we would need it to revive the other person, not spend it on a UAV or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a good game. It's worth playing. Yeah. It's, it's free to play as well, so... Free, yeah. Um, it is huge, though. It's like 100 gigs. Yep. That's ridiculous. Um, this game also kind of speeds things up with like bounty systems, which are kind of interesting. Yeah, I like that. We only did one of them, yeah. right, but it was kind of fun. Well, we, we did a couple and then tried to hunt a couple. It's basically like you can find an item in the world um, that will trigger a bounty on yourself, revealing your location to other players. Uh, but if you survive like three minutes yeah. without dying, mm -hmm. you get cash and stuff. Um, so it's a way to sort of incentivize you to maybe play safe and try and get some cash or maybe try and hunt someone down to get the bounty. Yeah, they, they, they've thought about it quite well, I think. Mm -hmm. They've added some good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I don't need to play it again, but it's fun. No. I, I would play it again if I could play it on PC. Yeah. I'd try that. Um, it's also, of course, got the COD voice, man. <laughs> God, there's some, so like, you can only, in this Battle Royale mode, you can only play Battle Royale, but then every time you start the match, the bloke comes in and he goes, Battle Royale! Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is the only <laughs> option I have. Um, Get ready, soldiers. Battle Royale! Drop it in, all right? A hundred players, drop it in. <laughs> he, just, he doesn't say that, but I wish he did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It is good for a laugh, though. Yeah. <laughs> the voice is good for a laugh. Ludicrous, and man. you know that there are like a million school kids all over the world doing impressions of that man. <laughs> I need to make a friend that sounds like that. Just like an old, like, 50-year-old man. Not old, that's not old. But a 50-year-old man who's, you know, seen some stuff. Oh, no, I would prefer it if he'd never seen any action. He's seen some stuff. Oh never, seen, never seen any action. But You're on a hardened vet. A hardened vet that has had no action in the field and just sounds like that for no reason. <laughs> Fair. Battle Royale. Uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good entry, entry place for a Battle Royale if you want to try one. Without having to... What is he? He says stuff when you die as well, like, um... Phil, you fucking muppet! <laughs> I wish. That's what he wants to say, but instead he says, like, strangely inspirational quotes that he's found on the back of, like, we'll a... We'll get him next time. Uh, like a, that's, like the that's like the classic game over code thing. Yeah. Or, um... We'll get him next time. Something about failure is, like, how you learn or something. It's like, all right. <laughs> Someone's been to frickin' Hallmark. Hallmark. <laughs> we live in England, Louis. Do we even have Hallmarks? Did we used to? Yeah, we used to. We used to, didn't we? Clifton is Clifton Cards? Is that what that company was called? Yeah, I remember Clifton Cards. Yeah, they've gone bust too. Have they? <laughs> of course they have. Yeah. <laughs> was it Clifton or um... <laughs> Now we just got um We got Scribbler. Clinton's Clinton's. Clinton's. 
Christ. What do we got now? Let's name all the card shops. Scribbler. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine there's many more. Um, Paper what Chase. Places? We used to go to one in Putney. Clinton's. 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 Man. You got to, like, I, there's someone should just study on, like, card culture. Um, of, like, through the years, like, the different ways that, like, Hallmark cards have been, like, you, they've changed, you know? Now they're all, like, oh, they're just, like, penises. No, that was, like, five years ago. They were all, like, penis jokes. Now they're, like, kind of cutesy. That was more than five I feel like they're not... These days are all, like, illustrated by good illustrators. With yeah. More and more so you get, like... Yeah, good illustrators. Just doing sort of abstract illustrations. Abstract or, like, cute. And also, you don't buy them from a card shop. You buy them from a little stand. <clears throat> or you buy them from like, like a different shop. I typically find I end up buying like birthday cards and stuff from like cool shops that sell things that aren't mostly cards, but then also have a couple yeah. of nice cards. That's what I'm saying from a little stand. Right, 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 right. Um, I just make cards, man. It's way better. Yeah, I uh, have way easier, way cheaper. Traumatic experiences with making love cards. It. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just got the sense that I think as a, <laughs> as a, as a kid, I, I got the sense that my mum thought that if I made the card, it was because it was last minute. Whereas if I bought the card, I had planned it. Right. And that may be true. It may have been why she sort of internalized this. So I always felt like if I made her the card, it looked like I had done this as a last minute job. So right. I I spend money on I spend two pound eighty on a card instead, and that's much more loving than spending a couple hours on a card, even if it's last minute. Couple hours, hell no, <laughs> not like <laughs> ten minutes. What do you when you make a card? What does that mean? You just fold over some card. <clears throat> yep, get some paper, fold it over, draw a picture. Normally, depends. I've done a lot of different cards over the years. Do you take Do you take reference? Can I see any of these? <laughs> I don't keep one on me, dude. I give them away. No, like take photos of them. I want to see. I want every card. I, I don't have them. I've given them away. I want to know what they look like. Uh, I just wouldn't know where to begin. They look like all sorts, dude. I've done mini cards. I've done giant cards. I've done all sorts. You name it, I've made it. I really like buying um, tiny cards, tiny envelopes with tiny cards inside. You can buy that? Yep. Are they... How big are we talking? Mm, like... I don't know, man. Like... <laughs> I don't know. Get off my back. <laughs> like the size of your own tiki. Okay. And then putting them in That's a cute. little envelope. I think those are nice. Um, I, yeah, that's I bought like 50 of them once and then just slowly got through them. All right, should we wrap this up? I don't think we should. I think we should keep talking about cards. Uh, I actually saw an advert for this card not long ago. Uh-huh. That looked really good. Uh, and I can't remember. It was, it was like a bomb card, exploding card. That's, <laughs> that sounds horrendous. Let me see if I can find The Boomf. The Boomf Cannon. What does it do? Look up Boomf boom, Bomb. Boom. B, <laughs> B-double-O. It was not like an awful daytime advert. Boomf, boomf cards. 
you basically open them up and then they pop with confetti and like scare the person opening them. I'm watching a video now. And then form a card. <laughs> yeah, do watch the video. They're pretty good. Okay. Oh, look at them go. <laughs> pretty good, right? Oh god, I gotta get one of these. Uh-huh. Valentine's Day is just gone though. Next event. <laughs> you like yeah, you open up a sort of bit of paper and then a cube springs out of that thin bit of paper and explodes with confetti. Wow. You got to watch the YouTube compilations of people actually opening them. I did. I, well, their TV address had a big compilation of people Perfect. opening them. Perfect. Um, yeah, that's probably, probably the very ad I saw. Yeah, man. The, the things we'll do to waste paper. <laughs> Looks great. Boof. 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 <laughs> wow. Wow, she loved it. Oh, that guy got hit in the head. Good times. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> hey, thanks everyone for being here. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Um, Lockie, do you want to know what you're playing next week? Yeah, please. Um, you do know it. So I'm going to cool. give you clues. Um, it is a old video game. Hmm. Um, okay. I should knock some some off the list. Um, some. Uh, Not a lot. Uh, I uh, have a deep appreciation for it. Um, ooh. Uh, it it spawned uh, remake sequels and a feature film. Resident Evil. Nope. Assassin's Night. Do you want me to tell, should I tell uh, you the cast of the feature film? Yeah. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was the lead. Let me just get a look at his face. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay. You know who Jake Gyllenhaal oh. is? Yeah, I do once I see him. I just had to get the reminder. That's fair enough. Um, um, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was the lead. That- oh, Prince of Persia? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the original, so the 1989 version, I think. Yeah, that's what I came Okay. Um, and what am I playing that on? Uh, it'll be an emulator. It's so old that it might just be like in a browser, the emulator, but I'll, I'll, it'll be on like the Apple II. <laughs> so um, I'll have to find a, the good, a good version. Um, either the Apple II version or the IBM version. I'm not sure which. Um, okay. But I'll, I'll send you a link. Uh, and technically, you should be able to beat this game in an hour. So, um, oh, uh, you won't be able to. But um, it's the the game is set up on an hour timer. So, okay, we'll see how we go. Cool. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Well, three playthroughs. I'm te- yeah. I'm telling. Well, I'm telling you that because if you do somehow manage to beat it on your first try, you don't have to play it a second time. <laughs> okay. I think it's unlikely, but we'll see. We will see. All right, dude, this is maybe one of the longest ever. Do you want to take us out of here? It is not. Other than, like, the special episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a podcast about video games. We talk about them every week. Uh, you can listen to them on Mondays on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts. Um, if you like the show this week, I will ask you 
to review it on iTunes. I think that would be nice. Um, it's very helpful. I love reading them. Lockie loves them too. Um, uh, and I think like if you give it a good rating, it like does something nice for us. Um, no pressure. Uh, we, yeah, we've got an email, timeplay3chart at gmail.com. Um, if you have any advice for my pigeon I've adopted, please let me know. Uh, or you can get in touch with me at Twitter at timeplay3hr and Instagram at timeplay3hr. Um, you can't reach Lockie because he doesn't like talking to people. Um, That's not true. I like talking to people. I just don't post anything. <sighs> so you can get in touch with me and I'll relay the message. Nice. <laughs> um that's not true. Lucky has the Instagram account on his phone. So if you wanted to reach him, you could try that. Nice. Alright guys. Um catch you. Catch you too, Louis. Um thank you for listening. And I will see you on the flip. Bye. Bye.